Hey, Rody fans, welcome back to episode number 10 of Ballin' with B-Show. I'm your host, Gavin B-Show, and what a week for Rhode Island, and let's get right into it. So, URI, first game of the week was last Friday against Dayton, where they had to travel to Dayton and play them. Big game, Rhode Island, it wasn't really a must-win, but it was a win URI needed to get them a lock in a place we are now. We'll talk about that later when it comes to A-10 seeding. Yeah. Um, how can I say it? So it started off um, pretty even. Uri actually got out. It was pretty close for a solid five minutes. It was back-to-back. Uri got out to a 21-15 lead. Dayton uh, countered that with a uh, 7-0 run. And then Uri pretty much took lead of that first half and kind of led all the way through, taking a seven-point lead into the halftime break, 38-31. Uri's lead kind of diminished, then went back up until it was pretty much with like three minutes left. It went back and forth throughout the whole game. And I ended up going to overtime, tied at 63. Dayton had pretty much the lead throughout the whole overtime, mostly by like one point. And then a couple shots, a couple hits by Fats, a couple nice passes by Jeff. Got Uri up by one. Again, missed free throws for Rodan, which really hurt them. Um, still managed to hold on, 72-70, and they beat Dayton. I mean, it's very exciting, very great to talk about. I mean, they beat Dayton. That is so good coming out of the mouth. Uri shot 31% from three, unbelievable. 49.2% from the field, only 12 turnovers. And man, that game was riddled with highlights. Uh, on Uri's side, Sarai Langevin, uh, player of the game, obviously. He played all. He played 43 minutes. He had 26 points, uh, 8 boards, 3 blocks. Fats Russell had 20, uh, 23 points. So he did really well. On his side, he had 4 steals, which really helped Rhode Island get past Dayton. So, that's that about the Dayton game. Obi Topin for Dayton, 26 points. Ryan Mike held 23 points for Dayton. So, great effort on their side. And I would like to stay on the Dayton game, but I can't wait to get into this next game. The St. Joe's game was unbelievable. So, Uri got out to a quick lead, 22-14. And then that kind of diminished. St. Joe's went on a run, ended up leading at halftime 38-35. Then they kind of led, got to a 10-point lead, uh, 51-40, after a three-pointer by Taylor Funk. And... Yeah, it was ever since that point it was a nail biter throughout. Uri down by six. Jeff, uh, not Jeff Downer. Fats Russell hit the th- down seventy five sixty nine. Huge three by um, Fats Russell. Then a terrible shot by um, wait St. Joe's. Uri got the ball back, pushed it, got a great uh, great look at the basket. Fats got fouled, got two free throws. And then hit the game tying three one handed, not one off one leg deep, and he took over. Fats Russell, unbelievable performance, and I mean unbelievable, better than any other. He's definitely the player of the game. Forty one points, most by a URI player since nineteen seventy nine. Sly Williams, who had forty four points versus Detroit. Think about it. The last time a URI scored that much, Ronald Reagan wasn't even president. So that's something to look at. That's a, that's history lesson right there. So yeah, 
41 points, 12 for 24 from the field for Fats. Almost blew it at the end, though, with the uh, couple missed free throws. So, again, the free throws need a little working. Not that they don't need, they did pretty good free throws. Just when came down the stretch the last couple games, they really need some help in that end. You arrived 42.6% from the field. Not as good as Dayton, but good enough. 42.3% from the uh, three-point line, which is unbelievable. Only five turnovers. And, of course, player of the game, Fats Russell. And what people overshadow, Fats Russell's, um, not overshadow, but don't look at, is Jeff Downs' pivotal 23 points. He had a lot of uh, great shots down the stretch. He had a couple key rebounds. Shot three for six from three. And he really helped this team get back into it when it was 40-51. He had tough shots, tough twos, tough threes. Um, and I guess Fats did the rest of the magic. He had seven threes. Uh, unbelievable performance by Fats. He probably had the... Um, if he took the three or four worst shooting games that Rebound has this year, he probably had more threes in that game than those performances. So that's a positive look at. And those two unbelievable great wins for Rhode Island. Put him at eight and nine, and um, after St. Louis's win last night against Duquesne, it locks Rhodey in for thir- next Thursday at twelve o'clock. The eight nine game, likely against LaSalle, and to be honest, I like that because if they were the seven seed, they'd have a pretty good chance of playing St. Joe's, and I do not want to have one of those nail biters on Thursday. I don't want to lose my hair on Thursday. I want to uh, not relax, but I want to eat a opponent that we've beaten um, handedly at Team LaSalle. So, again, most likely it can be LaSalle. Could be St. Joe's, but St. Joe's would have to beat um, VCU on the road. And LaSalle would have to, I think, of course, lose to Davidson. So there's a chance that they win Davidson again. Or Davidson or Dayton. I think it's Dayton. Let's check. I'm pretty sure it's... Oh, Fordham. Yeah, if they, if they beat Fordham... Scratch that. <laughs> if they beat Fordham, uh, it's locked. So, most likely they can be LaSalle, which is great for Rhode Island. They played him before. They beat him by, I think it was... I don't know. At least... I think it was 10 points, at least. I know they had like a 17-point lead and got lower after like a couple threes, but... That's that. So, yeah. We're going to move on. Preview. Rodan's single game this week. Actually, not single. Yeah, what's a single game this week? UMass, a team they lost to by seven on the road. Disappointing game. Kind of started that skid. They lost to Duquesne. They beat St. Louis, and they went on that five-game skid. Um, so, yeah. Um, UMass, interesting news. So, of course, you have Rashawn Holloway. Uh, I think Carl Pierre was a senior on that team. But what I did find was the Juan Pipkins, star guard for UMass, probably one of the best guards in the A-10, posted a Snapchat story saying this is his last home game in UMass uniform, which means he's likely going to transfer from UMass, which is um, not good to see uh, from a UMass standpoint. He still had another full year left at UMass. Um, he's a great player, so I hate to see him leave the A-10, but you know, it's in his best interest, um, probably. <laughs> And, yeah, but talk about UMass, LeJuan Pipkins, 16.3 points a game, t- only 28% from the three-point line, 
but very effective from the free throw line and from a decent field goal percentage. So he's person obviously to look out for. Carl Pierre, um, thirty nine percent from three. Now see Carl Pierre and Jonathan Lorenk kill you. Uh, Carl Pierre with thirty eight percent from three, and Jonathan Lorenk forty seven percent from uh, three, and. He can. They both can shoot free throws and field goal percentage, especially Laurent, who's a forward, who can really. Um, it's kind of like a combo, uh, stretch four. He can shoot fifty five percent from the field, which is well. And they have Rashawn Holloway, the other senior, seventy percent from the field. Can't really shoot free throws. Zero percent from three point land, but again, he's uh, a monster on the boards, and he's very effective. He has a soft touch. Reminds me of a lot of um, Andre Berry, of last year's team. So, I want to say I, I want to say focus all on the Wild Pipkins, but no, because they tried to do that last game when they played him, and he did. He only had twelve points, and Carl Pierre destroyed them from three point land. So they really gotta stay tight. Uh, good three point D like they did at the beginning of the year, and they should be fine. Should be fine. They just gotta play really well three point defense and continue that kind of hot streak of shooting well, which is amazing <laughs> shooting well. So, kind of a short preview. And as we're 10 minutes in, almost 10 minutes in now, that's the only game of the week. And so, yeah, URI is slotted at the, um, whatchamacallit, the 8 or 9 seed game. So, I honestly don't care what seed they are. As long as they play LaSalle, I'll be happy. But they should, I think they've locked out. Let me, th- let me check this. If they lock up the 8 seed. Yeah, they, I think they've already locked up the 8 seed. Yeah, they already have locked up the 8 seed because if they lose, they go to 8 and 10. Without wins, they put them at 8 and 10. You're right. had a tiebreaker of the win. So, that is that. Right now, VCU stands. Let's go to another conference. VCU stands at 15 and 2. Davidson at 13 and 4. Dayton at 12 and 5 in third place. Bonaventure needs one win against St. Louis to secure. On, um. I think it's Saturday or Sunday. To secure their I don't know, double buy. I don't even know how I say it. You're right. Um, manhandled them. Not manhandled, but one by thirteen. So they did pretty well against St. Bonaventure last time out. So it's one of those teams where kind of on hot streak with Kyle Lofton and such. Uh Duquesne in fifth place at ten and seven with St. Louis at ten and seven and George Mason at ten and seven. So I can't wait to see how that plays out. Who gets the seventh seed, who gets the five seed? And that six seed is pretty much a consolation prize. That's that. Because if you're a seven seed, not too bad playing the ten seed. If you're a six seed, I think you. I don't third seed or second seed. I don't know. It's it's very difficult with fourteen teams in a tournament. And you have Rhode Island at eight and nine with the eight seed already locked up. LaSalle at seven and ten. St. Joe's and Richmond tied at six and eleven. So another interesting thing I like to see there. UMass. At four and thirteen, George Washington at four and thirteen, and Fordham bringing up the rear at three and fourteen. So, again, many um, chances of movement, especially from the five to seven range, especially that four to St. Bonaventure, and that nine to ten range. No, ten to eleven range, because there's a big difference of playing on Wednesday night and Thursday night. So that is. That, looking around the A-10. And let's get right into the scores of the A-10. After I look at this, we can talk about the tournament, expand on it. 
So, last Friday night, of course, you had the lone game of Uri Dane, which was not a disappointment. Of course, Uri won that one, 72-70 in overtime. Going on to Saturday, Davidson defeated Fordham, 77-52. John Axel Goodmanson, 17 points, 11 boards. Overall player for Davidson. Um, hard to stop him. Duquesne defeated uh, UMass, 80-73. Tavian Darmartin had 30 points, 6 assists, while Jonathan Laurent of UMass had 13 points, 13 boards. St. Louis defeated George Mason, 81-71. Jordan Goodwin had um, 24 points, 8 boards, 5 assists. Another great player from St. Louis. VCU squeaked by Richmond, 69-66. Marcus Evans, 15 points, 6 boards. Jacob Gilliard led Richmond with 23 points. St. Bonaventure, again, Squeaked by George Washington, 64-58. Oshana Shuni, eight, is that 18? Yeah, 18 points, 16 boards. Maceo Jack for George Washington, 28 points in the last game with St. Joseph's in LaSalle, which is big for St. Joe's as they got that uh, win to pretty much put their shot in, but you I, of course, shot that down. Um, 72-62, St. Joe's beat LaSalle. Chris Clover, 19 points, 4 boards, who did... Now, crazy scenario in the St. Joe's game. Chris Clover, a starter for the team, had three fouls. He ended up getting a hand-check foul on Jeff Downton. It was kind of weak, i got to say, but there was poor fishing throughout the game. Um, the over-the-back uh, over the backboard was questionable. I thought it was more leading towards out-of-bounds, but people also say uh, it didn't go. So that, and also killer was the foul on Jeff Downton, who hit all ball on a three-pointer, which really... Lowered U.S. chances at winning, but of course, Fats Russell saved the day. Hometown hero from Philly saved the day. So, yeah, Chris Clover at 19 points, but yeah. So he hand-checked Jeff Downton, and then right away he argued and got teched up. Two straight fouls, got him kicked out of the game. Unbelievable um, circumstance that happened. That's five fouls. Next thing you know, Charlie Brown, Jr., the leading scorer in the A-10, has four fouls with like three minutes left. Gets to reach in on Fats and got out of the game. So I think that really killed their momentum against Rhode Island. We're going to move on to um, Tuesday night where we had Rhode Island, St. Joe's. Rhode Island squeaked by 86 85. Fats wrestled, of course, the 41 points. Beautiful. Beautiful. He was on, actually, I saw something on Bill Koch's Twitter. He led um, Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt talked about him. And I couldn't find the video. I looked for. At least 30 minutes to find that video, but I couldn't. So, yeah, good for Fats Russell in front of his home crowd. And VCU obliterated George Mason at George Mason to take home the A-10 regular season men's championship. VCU 71, George Mason 36. I don't think there's a, a game ever you were right with to score 36 points. They got outscored 43-15 to 15 in the second half. So they got obliterated, and that wasn't even a contest. We're going to go into last night. There's a couple games, uh, a few games. Davidson crushed St. Bonaventure. Uh, Kellen Grady led with 23 points. Davidson won 64-46. Dayton defeated LaSalle 70-39. Another poor game from LaSalle, which is why I want to play them. Very shoddy team, and we already beat them before. Josh Cunningham led Dayton with 18 points, 5 boards. 
UMass defeated Richmond, which really killed them because they could have been, they could be in the driver's seat right now. Um, at seven and ten, but now they're at six and eleven, using losing at UMass on the senior night, as you talked about. The Juan Pipkins transferring terrible stuff, but Rashawn Holloway lifted them with twenty eight points, twelve boards. Grant Golden for Richmond at twenty one points, nine boards, six assists. Fordham defeated George Washington 67-56. Chubba Ohms led Fordham 11, to, uh, 11 points, 9 boards. And first, talk about Fordham. Jesse Bunting, a uh, great player for starter for Fordham. He suffered a stroke earlier this week. So, prayers went to him. He, I think he's in stable condition, which is uh, great. And I hope he gets back on the court as soon as possible. He's a great player and really helps his Fordham team win basketball games. And the last game on Wednesday night, St. Louis Duquesne. St. Louis defeated Duquesne 85-75. Eric Williams Jr. Listen to this. 40 points. Not more than fast, just 41 points. But 40 points. He had 40 out of 75, which is very good for Eric Williams Jr. And don't forget St. Louis. Tremaine Isabel Jr. 39 points. So it's pretty much a battle of the ba- um battle of who can score more. And even though Eric Williams did score more. Uh, St. Louis ended up on top, 85-75, with their experienced crew. They have a lot of seniors, and I think they have four seniors leaving. So, yeah. And we're going, and yeah, that will be that. So, of course, big game for URI, 4 o'clock against UMass. But, let's get right into turning talk. So, of course, you have VCU at the one seed. And URI, they nine plays the one seed. Now I don't know how I feel about playing VCU because we did beat them at home, but then we got murdered by them or slaughtered, whatever you want to say, by like thirty-four points on the road. So it's one of those things where it's a risk playing them. But I rather play them than Davidson, as they would have all the confidence as they beat us twice. They beat us at our home court, and they beat us at their home court. So. Um, yeah. And what else? The four seed, Save Out Adventure. I, I just, I don't know if I ever forgot, but Save Out Adventure has won 11 games in the A-10. Either that's just blow by me, or that is not legitimate, but it is what it is in a way. Um, surprise. They're the biggest surprise of them all. Very young team. They will be very good next year, no doubt about it. Um, very strong. Eight tens could be a strong league next year. Uh, I think everyone else has like two seniors. Uh, if you like, how do I say this? St. Louis has four seniors this evening, so it's gonna be a rough year next year for St. Louis, and especially with uh, the freshman transferring. I think personally that eight tens gonna be very strong. I saw this graphic, and it was like every team has two or less seniors um, on their team besides St. Louis was four. So good for the A-10. It's going to be a very strong league next year. And I'm very I'm very confident with the team we have. If we can shoot well, if they can get uh, those three, the three um, recruits, Matting, Hammond, and uh, Mackay Long, if they can show that they can shoot, this seems to be very dangerous. Um, next year, eight ten tournament March, we can talk whatever we want. Um, especially the Antoine Walker transfer from Georgetown. So, 
It's all coming together. This David Cox picture is all coming together, and I love it. So, we're going to get into look around the Power Five, and we're going to start off with the SEC, because great game last night. If you didn't get to see it, it was an amazing game. LSU, Florida. Florida actually had the lead pretty much throughout, not throughout, but throughout the second half. Jalen Hudson, the senior, who doesn't really um, add that much to the team, 33 points, tried to help his team win his hardest. Uh, he had a three-pointer to take two-point lead. They let Tremont Waters, who was amazing for LSU, just cut through them in six seconds and tie the game up going to overtime. And then LSU pretty much handled that. Florida had a chance at the end of the game, but they just didn't have the clock management up there. LSU... Snuck away with a huge win at Florida. And another thing was this Saturday, oh, last Saturday, Kentucky played Tennessee. Tennessee took advantage of their home court. And I think they won by a hefty sum. Yeah, Tennessee won 71-52. And LSU sneaked by Alabama 74-69. But a couple great games in the SEC. So we're going to get into the standings of the SEC. And in first place is, of course, the Tennessee Volunteers, tied with the LSU Tigers at 15-2. and two. Then comes Kentucky at 14-3. And, and sneaking up behind is Auburn at 10-7. and seven. South Carolina at 10-7. and seven. Um, Which is to note that also Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Florida are all great teams in that conference at 9-8. So a couple scary teams there if it comes uh, March Madness-wise. Florida Gators, for them to make the tournament, they're going to have to win a couple games in the SEC tournament. But I can't wait to see that, how it unfolds with those great teams up there at the top. We're gonna, then we're going to the ACC. Virginia and North Carolina lead at 15-2. Duke at 14-3, kind of on a skid without Zion. Almost losing to Wake Forest, but a tipping did not fall for the Demons. So, the Demon Deacons, kind of a cool name. Then you have Florida State at 12-5, and who's really bounced back since the, their woes at the beginning of the ACC um, season. Virginia Tech at 11-6, and and Syracuse at 10-7, Louisville at 10-7. Louisville's really dropped off, which is not something you want to see um, out of a team like them. So, again, not the best. Next is the Big 12. Big 12, you have some breaking news. Kansas will not win the Big 12 title for the, I think, they break their 14th um, win streak. I don't know if it's a streak, but, like, their they, 14th title straight. Yeah, they broke their 14th uh, straight Big 12 title streaks. So, that really sucks for them. It's a long time coming, and it was evident it was going to happen, but Texas Tech and Kansas State at 13-4 locked that conference up. Pretty well. Kansas at eleven and six. Baylor at ten and seven. Iowa State at nine and eight. Texas at eight and nine. Oklahoma at seven and ten. Those teams are all to look out for in March. They are all very explosive teams, and I think this year there's going to be less mid-major teams due to the fact that, of course, other teams are doing well in the Power Five. Not my popular opinion. I like more mid-major teams in the tournament. Of course, get more um, outreach to those teams, but also show people that the mid-major is not just a slouch. It's 
it's it. I don't know how to say this, but the mid major is what makes college basketball college basketball. Without the mid major, there would be um not no college basketball. No, all the upsets, everything when it comes from all this stuff, all the inspiring stories come from the mid major. So shout out to them. Shout out to everyone in the mid majors. You're not alone. There's many of us out there. Just because we can't be in the Power 5 Conference doesn't mean that we can be out here playing ball like we know how to do. Okay? So we're going to go to the Big Ten. Michigan at 15-4. and four. Michigan State at 15-4. and four, With Purdue at 15-4. and four. Wisconsin at 12-6. and six. Maryland at 12-7. and seven. Iowa at 10-8. And, and Minnesota at 9-10. and 10. Over the weekend... Michigan State lost to Indiana on the road. So, yeah, it was a storm court, storm chasers at Adam Rohn and um, Caleb Pressey. You know the struggles. Court, court storms are the way to go. Love what you guys do. Keep doing it. It's amazing. I love watching it. So, yeah, Michigan State catches Winston had a fadeaway two in the corner for the lead, and it's not fall. And Indiana won by one. So that's that for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. You think it couldn't get more worse. You thought. You thought. Oh, Washington's ranked. Then they barely beat Stanford. And all of a sudden. Right before they beat Stanford. They lose to the worst team in the Pac-12. Cal beat Washington. Let me say that again. California Berkeley, who's two and fifteen and had a twenty-three game skid in the Pac-12, beat the twenty-fifth ranked team in the country. Let that soak in. Because at this point, no one in the Pac-12 deserves a bid. Not even Washington. There should be no bid for the Pac-12 this year. It's sickening. It's sickening how one of those bids is going to go to a Pac-12 teams and not to a very solid mid-major. It's a shame. It's a shame. And that's where we could end it off tonight. Of this episode... URI has a big game on Saturday, Senior Day, um, pretty much to get them to two games above 500, which is where you would love to have them at right now. And, of course, I am going to do a podcast, not on next Thursday, but Wednesday, as Thursday is game day for URI. Big game against probably LaSalle or St. Joe's. My plans for these episodes are have a Wednesday release on the 13th. Let me check. Is it the 13th? Because it's 17th, 16th, 15th, 14th, 15th. Yeah, 13th. To have a release on the 13th and have you guys prepared for the whole 18th tournament. Who's got who? Who plays how? And the breakdown of the tournament, pretty much. And I'm thinking about doing a, you know, no matter what, a season finale so to speak. Well, of course, if you are mixed the tournament, of course, it won't be season finale. But the ones after that, I think you may be doing like um, NCAA 
64 bracket breakdown of what I got in my games, and so I think that'd be pretty cool. And if you guys in it, you guys in it, we can talk about them. But most likely could be the season finale, talking about um, my bracket and what I got. So I think that'd be pretty cool to do. And of course, updates and all that stuff throughout. Schedule overview, and then take a break through the spring, summer. Probably do a podcast, probably in the summer, one or two of them. And then, of course, late October or early November when it starts, we hit it back up with these podcasts. So that's my plan. And yeah, that's all I got to say. Thank you for watching episode 10. Thank you for staying with me through 10 episodes if you're hearing this. So yeah, as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.